What's wrong, Annie? I killed them. I killed them all. They're dead. Every single one of them. And not just the men, but the women and the children, too. They're like animals, and I slaughtered them like animals. I hate them. I'm a Jedi. I know I'm better than this. Welcome to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Deep in the bowels of the frozen ice caverns of Hawk, our hosts, Carl LeClaire, Jason Hunt, and Katie Horn discuss all things Star Wars. So join the conversation and hang out here in the Wampa's Lair. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampus Lair podcast. This is episode number 337, the one where the clones attack. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the next two accolades to my reek, we have Carl LeClaire and Katie Horn. Ooh, ooh, my, the next two? Yeah, I'll be the cat. Yeah. Perfect. I'll be the accolade because oh, okay. I like the four limbs. <laughs> oh, wait, I can be the accolade because I'm the that's, tall one. <laughs> that's true. And I do have a cat, so. Oh, there we go. Okay, yeah. Either switch. way, I've got the big nose. So yeah. I'll... Oh, oh. oh, no. Okay, yeah, actually, I like that better. I'll be the accolade. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, it's time for some Attack of the Clones fun. I love yes. their title, the yeah. one where the clones attack. Yeah. Yes. I'm the one with the mall attacks. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm the one with the clones attack. And Carl's the, Carl's the one where the Han is so low. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's so good. Oh, oh my gosh. Um, so yeah. we are we are continuing uh, in in this episode our journey to the rise of Skywalker as we once a month look at each of the films and and kind of how they feed the Skywalker saga and how we think it might play out all the way up into Episode Nine. So this month we're looking at Attack of the Clones, or as Katie so eloquently puts <laughs> it, the one where the clones attack. <laughs> yes, because they do. Now, Jason. You want to remind people just how near and dear Attack of the Clones is to your heart? This movie <laughs> brings warm feelings to my heart. Uh, 
It is my second favorite Star Wars movie, for those of you who are new. Uh, Return of the Jedi is my first. This is my second. And I need to reevaluate my list to figure out what third is. Um, <laughs> because Same. Yeah. Yeah, the, the rest is all starting to jumble together. And it, Me too. It might have like... been, you know... Phantom Menace, it might be Solo, it might be Rogue One, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I, feel number like, two. I feel like Attack of the Clones, there was at least a point where it was t- number three. It was in my top three. I'm not sure if it's still there, but I can I can say it's still in my top five at least. I, I love Attack I, of the Clones. I can say that in 2002, it was my favorite Star Wars film. Like, no oh, joke. there you like go, it, yeah. It, when I saw it, I, that, and up until Force Awakens came out, it was the most I'd ever seen a movie in theaters. I saw that five times in theaters, which was a oh, lot wow. for me when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> and uh, it was my favorite Star Wars film for for a good year. But um, that first year it came out, it was definitely my favorite. Um, but now it's, I mean, Empire will always be my favorite, followed closely by Alden Ehrenreich, and then number three is Solo. Um, so Alden Ehrenreich gets a <laughs> shout out as number two favorite Star Wars film. Just him. So <laughs> I love him. Valid. You're so valid, Carl. I- Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. The last third of this movie is one of the best thirds of a Star Wars movie ever. So just saying. That's yeah. what we'll put this puts this so high up there for me whenever uh, uh, whenever katie and i were having a good time in the hotel room back in chicago jason would come in and just go this party's over this party's <laughs> over. <laughs> no we're done um, carl and i put down our, our uno cards we're just like fine <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> I am Uno Master. <laughs> well, my friends, before we we dive into all things Attack of the Clones, we we were lucky enough. Um, last episode, I I mentioned how we hadn't had an iTunes review in a while, and two lovely folks hopped right on and gave us five star reviews. So I just want to oh give appreciation to uh, BTMJ three is is the first one, and then Demon Bunny four. Um, thank you oh both. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, I figured you'd love that one. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> so BTMJ and Demon Bunny, thank you so much for taking the time to to write a review for us on on iTunes. And uh, they both basically said that they have a lot of fun listening to the show and, and they appreciate our enthusiasm and passion. Well, I do too. I love both of yours. Passion and enthusiasm, my friends. Um, so, I like my passion and enthusiasm too. Yeah. <laughs> That you're my hero. <laughs> That's me at the two of you. Wait, not Carl and Jason. No, I don't care about those guys. Right, I'm talking fair about <laughs> Demon Bunny and BTMJ. Yes. yes. Um, of course. So, so thank you both so much for taking the time to, to write the reviews. And, and again, um, it does so much to help the show and its, its visibility in um, the podcast arena. So thank you so much for that. And uh, if you're listening and you'd also like to do one, we'd appreciate it. So, oh, so much, so much. <laughs> um, now, Jason is kind of the uh, the the poll collector in a way. Um, yes, nine times out of ten, Katie Katie was always the uh, the the pitch the pitch collector um, <laughs> on deck. <laughs> I, I never do it, so thank you both. Um, <laughs> but uh, we we got a butt ton of responses to last week's poll 
And uh, also just lots of love in general for the, the Rogue One episode. And, and the three of us were just talking even before we hit the record button about really how much love Rogue One has, right? Folks mm-hmm. yes. love that movie as well they should. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, but uh, we asked all of you who your favorite character was from Rogue One, and we got over 100 responses. Woo! Yeah. Now, some people doubled up, which I counted all of those. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a lot. Don't say so that. So thank you, everyone. It just for... like a lot. <laughs> it's still a lot. It's still quite a bit. It's still the most. Stop pulling the curtain away, from. wizard. <laughs> You're telling me you walked away with nothing? <laughs> I walked away with 100 votes on my Rogue One poll. To me, that's a lot. <laughs> uh, Katie, when you, made that, when you made that image for me, though, on Twitter, oh, right? I ran away with Carl's heart. To me, that's a lot. Oh, that is forever <laughs> my favorite thing I've ever had. <laughs> I love it. I'm so glad. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. Well, Jason, what what did the Larian breakdown have to say about Rogue One characters? All right. Well, uh, buckle up, folks. Um, in eleventh place, with one vote each. Um, God, eleventh. Gee whiz. <laughs> yeah, eleven ranks here. There's um, so many great characters. That's why. Are. Yeah. Exactly. And all of them got mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, Saw Gerrera, Bistan, the uh, the. Space Monkey. Oh. Uh, and then the Force was the force mentioned itself. as a character. Yeah. So it has a um, will. It does. Uh with, then in uh second or uh tenth place, excuse me, with two votes each, we've got Bail Organa and oh. Tarkin. I love that Bail got a shout out. Yeah. <laughs> it is cry. good. Uh, <laughs> this one I kind of roll my eyes at, but in ninth place with three votes, we have Borgullet. Um, <laughs> yeah, he does know the truth. <laughs> he does. So, to be fair, or she? Not nothing. Is it a she? I that's think my headcanon. I I don't know why, but that's just always been my headcanon. I just looked at poor Gullet and thought, lady, I, I can't explain. It. I can't explain it. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then in eighth place with four votes, Admiral Radis. Yes. I yes. say we fight. <laughs> I say we fight. I fight for a higher spot on this pole next time. Uh, <laughs> uh, in seventh place with five votes each, um, we have Baze Malbus and Bodhi Rook. Yes. Uh, in sixth place with six votes, Darth Vader. Oh, okay. Yeah, not surprising. Okay, okay. Oh, I, I, I'm surprised he only got six votes. He got, he, you know, he got all those votes for, you know, those great puns that he made. Yeah. <laughs> Careful not to choke on your aspirations, director. <laughs> um, in fifth place with seven votes, including Carl's, we've got Cassian Andor. Love him. Why, why'd you vote for Cassian, Carl? Just makes me feel great. Because I, I told the two of you, I've got, I've got reasons for all the other characters I love, but Cassian is just like, He's just my dude. I love him. I love his look. Uh, I love that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't have anything deep. We have a lot to go through, so I'll just let you continue. I just love Cassian. <laughs> right. I can't wait for his TV show, too. Oh, that's going to be so great. Um, in fourth place with 11 votes. I'm sorry, I had to do math. Uh, with 11 <laughs> votes, we've got Jin or so. Yes. 
There's that's where yours went, Katie. Yeah, that was for me. I'm a lot like Carl. I don't have a reason for why she's my favorite out of all these standout characters. I just she's the one that burns brightest in my heart. You know, just my stardust. Love oh, her. Love it. Fair enough. I feel like a- uh, Jim Jim Capron Capron probably had. Yep. He yeah, probably has nothing I, I, I to say about her either. For- but Jim or what? <laughs> Nice. Um, <laughs> in third place with 14 votes, we've got Director Krennic. Um, People love him, by the way. Uh, I, I mean, as I am one of them, but yeah. he's not my favorite. It's the cape. It's that big cape energy. You know yeah. it. <laughs> and the fact that Ben Mendelsohn looks like he just loves what he's doing every time he's on screen. Um, <laughs> so uh, in second place with 21 votes. Oh. Sorry, I was just We got Shirt. Oh, Chirrut Imway. And this is where my vote went. I God, I love Chirrut. And again, I, I've got a bunch of reasons why I love him in general. But honestly, like like Katie said, Wait, he's the one that just burns one. brightest for me. So, so I guess one? what you're saying is uh, he, he the force of others were with you, Jason. Yes. yes. <laughs> he's not with the force. And the force is with him. <laughs> and with me. He was number one? He was number two. Oh, what? It was number one. Number one. The heck. With twenty-three votes, K two S O. Oh! Oh my God! Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh wow! Twenty-three so votes. K two S O managed to win in our poll. Oh my it's, gosh! His wisecracking humor, and somebody said, "I have never cried as much when a non-sentient, you know, died oh. as that." That's so. Fair. That is fair. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's it's totally fair, and he's coming back in the Cassian series, we y'all. Can, yeah. We can rebuild him. We can. <laughs> right, right. I feel well, like there we go with uh, the new Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order game coming out in November. When we clearly got some gameplay footage where you fight K two SOs, I think that's Ooh. gonna. I think that's gonna mess with people's hearts. Yeah, so, no. like. <laughs> Oh, well, those no. K2 units dying at your at your blade. Yeah. I just I'll just put down the remote controller and let them kill me. I don't care. This is game <laughs> over. Fair enough. Game over. That's this is as far as I go. I guess I'm not beating this game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> is there a way to just disable them? Who knows? Um Is there a way to just be best friends with them? Is that yeah. Is that an option? <laughs> I feel like their only attack ability in the game is going to be uh, slaps to the face. Slapping, yeah, just yeah. Slap. Can only like, like the old James Bond Goldeneye Nintendo sixty four game. It's all slappers only. So, oh my <laughs> that, that god, might... just like your character rounds into the room and all the K to- the K twos go one hostile one. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, it's terrific. I love but yes, go. That is our our favorite character from Rogue One poll. Um I was I was tallying this up and I was like, "Oh god, oh god, cheer it. Cheer it. You got to win. You got No, no K2. Why K2?" <laughs> <laughs> that was me this afternoon. So, anyway, I love it. We got a fun matchup for you at the end of this episode. Do you know the episode. probability of me winning? It's high. It's, it's very high. high. It's very high. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. And that, everyone, is part of YK2SO1. So. Fair enough. I love it. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I think we should uh, dive into our topic here. Yes. 
please. I'm so ready for some Attack of the Clones love. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, yeah, you know. Attack of the Clones. Okay, sorry. That's such a good Elton John song. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's from Lion King, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's... Anakin and Padme can feel the love tonight. Yeah. Oh, man! <laughs> oh my goodness. So, um, right, like last month, it was so fun, kind of looking at Phantom Menace in that lens of the Skywalker saga, and then how we think it might have some sort of far-reaching impact, even into Episode Nine. And it was pretty fun to think about that again, taking that lens into Attack of the Clones. Um, Katie, I feel like I feel like you're just gonna have this, the strongest sentiments here because um, I know you, you thought really well about this. Um, I have a few thoughts, and uh, I, I just kind of where's your mind going to first? What is like? What's one of the big beats that you feel like is important in Attack of the Clones? Gosh, yeah, you're exactly right, Carl, because I've never watched this movie specifically thinking about how does this fit as as a step in a much larger journey. You know, now that I've seen eight of the nine films, how does step number two fit? Where is this all going? And I felt like that galaxy brain meme where I was just like, I can see this movie. Whoa. <laughs> but yes, to, to it's answer a your big question, step, y'all. Yeah. For me, one of the biggest questions that gets raised in this movie and played with is the question of what does it mean to be a Jedi? Hmm. Yeah, it comes up again and again, you know, because it's something that Anakin talks about, you know, because it's obvious that Anakin has an idea of what it means to be a Jedi. And and that was touched on in episode one. But here we're really digging into it because he's been training to become a Jedi for a long time. He He's not a Jedi yet. Right. Right. You know, yeah. he's, uh, you know, he's, Padme specifically says you're studying to be a Jedi. Right, he's right. still a very young apprentice, yeah. you know, I'm the yeah. security. Oh, <clears throat> what is your opinion, Master Jedi? Oh, Anakin's not a Jedi yet. He's still a Padawan yeah. learner. Oh, <laughs> smack. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right. in charge of security, my lady. And that's insulting. And it comes up with um with uh Palpatine walking with Anakin saying, I foresee you will be the greatest of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. And to Palpatine, that means even more powerful than Master Yoda. You know, to be a Jedi is to be powerful, Mm. you know? Mm. Um, that's that's Sidious's idea, or at least he's instilling that idea in Anakin, so that Anakin will start to like crave power and see power as the end goal. When I'm a Jedi, I'll be powerful. But we but we know, having seen eight of these nine movies, that being a Jedi doesn't mean being powerful, right? You know, yeah. it's not a power you have. Right. Yeah. Right. right. That's, yeah. yeah, that's what Luke says. Uh. And, um, and just uh, when Anakin says, I am a Jedi, I know I'm better than this. Mm. You know, after, he's, after he has all this immense anger, this immense hatred, and he sits down and he says, I am a Jedi, I know I'm better than this. And Padme's response is that, you know, to be angry is to be human. And so does that then posit that to be Jedi is to not be human? You know what I mean? Are you cutting yourself off from humanity? I don't know. It's it's good that they're asking these questions in step two yeah. so that by the time we get to step nine, we can maybe have some answers. Well, right. and, and here, let me let me throw another yeah. layer on this because mm-hmm. uh, in basically scene two of this thing, we've got Padme accusing Dooku of being behind her assassination attempt and 
Uh, Mace Windu and Ki-Adi Mundi are like, no, he was a Jedi. That's not possible. Because a Jedi don't do Jedi don't do that. Yeah. You know, so we're going to throw another layer on this because Dooku was a Jedi. Mm -hmm. And because he was a Jedi, he has this um, this this prestige and this weight that is lended to him and his cause and this this legitimacy. So. And then that will just, which is, let's just jump right into another theme that I noticed in this film, which is commitment. And what does it mean to have a commitment that's not easily broken? You know, that's mm. something Obi-Wan says at yeah. the beginning of this film. And then our, our villain, I guess, of this movie is Dooku, who had that commitment. He was a Jedi and walked away. You know, yeah. the, the theme of duty, commitment, you know, we must let go of our pride and do what is asked of us. You know, that's what Anakin says, you know, what does this mean to have duty? And that that comes up in the first two minutes of this movie is Corday did her duty and you need to do yours. You know, Mm. Uh, Corday dies for a cause. And Mm -hmm. but because Padme needs to be here for this vote to make sure that the Senate doesn't form an army and go to war, you know, and Corday died in pursuit of that. And now Padme needs to live in pursuit of that as well. You know, she has all these duties, these things that these commitments that she's made, but then these feelings for Anakin start happening. And she, you know, she's telling Anakin, no, we've both, you know, made these commitments. I, you're studying to become a Jedi. I'm a Senator. If you follow your thoughts through to conclusion, it will take us to a place we cannot go, you know, and, and yeah, it, it posits, does that mean that, you know, is love the death of duty? I'm sorry to bring some Game of Thrones into here, but is mm. love the death of duty? And can these things exist within the same person? I don't know. Again, just really good questions to be asking in in movie two of nine. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Man. So I just, oh, so many feelings right now about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, there, there, there's some definite definitely some interesting things about that because Mm -hmm. uh, duty is something that we see, you know, moving forward. We see a lot of that, you know, we've got, uh, you know, Leia is a prime example of duty. She has this duty to the galaxy, this duty to the rebellion. And, you know, uh, Han tries to push against that in empire, you know, He's trying to to get her to open up, get her to be human. Yeah. Um, and she is, you know, the, at least in his opinion, high and mighty, her worshipfulness. <laughs> and, uh, you know, can you have duty to this cause as you, you know, as is right and good and still be human, you know? Mm-hmm. And he tries to push against that. And I think we get the affirmative in return of the Jedi mm-hmm. when mm. she rescues Han and yet still goes back to fulfill, you know, that, that final push with the rebellion mm. um, at Endor. So, yeah. Uh, and that obviously, you know, her, her duty obviously continues on into the sequel trilogy with the resistance. Um, it, it never leaves her. It's, it's her driving motivation is duty. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, and, I love that you pinpoint that, Katie. That's so brilliant. Um, this, oh, this, this idea of commitment and duty, because if you think about it specifically with Anakin, Anakin's mm-hmm. Anakin's duty is commitment to those he cares about, right? Right. Like, right. I think that's what um, trumps everything for him. And, and right, we get that 
like one of my favorite moments in Attack of the Clones is that scene when she falls out of the landing craft, right? And, and Anakin's ordering for them to to put it down, and you know, right. and Obi Wan basically says, you know, what do you think Padme would do if she was in this position? She'd do her duty. Yeah, right? but yeah. Like, but Anakin mm-hmm. feels that his duty, you know, we can't just leave her. You know, I can't, I can't leave her. Right. Yeah. Um, right. Anakin's duty is to be committed to the people that he cares about. Yeah. Um. And, uh, you know, and, and that then, oh, like, I, these two points you just brought up, Katie. This is why I'm so glad you started it, because I knew none <laughs> of us would be this brilliant. Um, it, they actually work so beautifully together, um, specifically around Anakin in mm-hmm. the sense of um, this commitment, this duty that he has to, to Padme, and then also while trying to understand what it means to be a Jedi. And, and, and I've always appreciated that scene when they're, you know, uh, as, you know, disguised as refugees on their way to Naboo. Right. And he's talking about what Jedi aren't supposed to have and, right, attachments and, and possessions. But this understanding of, you know, compassion, which he defines as unconditional love. Anakin is trying to define what it means to be a Jedi according to what feels right to him. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And, and there's certainly some selfishness in that. But I think that he's also looking at um, even his his master, Obi-Wan, and seeing that right. this doesn't 100 percent make sense. This isn't 100 percent good. You know, commitment only to ideals isn't good enough, I think, in Anakin's mind. Um, so I think for him, what it means to be a Jedi is to have this kind of compassionate love for people. Um, mm-hmm. And that it can be okay to be committed to people, not just to ideals. Right, right. Anakin is definitely more committed to people than ideals. You know, yeah. that, that is that is definitely what he is committed to. Um, yeah, no, this is good stuff. Yeah, oh well, my gosh, this is good and, stuff. And like, you know, you, your notion, Katie, that, that first topic, you know, of uh, that, that theme of what does it mean to be a Jedi? Um we see, I mean, I, I think so much of the tension that exists between Anakin and Obi-Wan, specifically in the beginning mm-hmm. of the film, is Obi-Wan is still very much the Obi-Wan of Phantom Menace in the sense of he's very much by the book. Um, mm. he, he has such a high respect for the council and, and is always willing to do the council's bidding um, <laughs> without question. And in a way, it's almost like he's trying to force Anakin into that mold of what he understands a Jedi to be. Right. And that's not how – that's not the kind of Jedi that Anakin, I think, is being called to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, definitely not the one he wants to be. Yeah. yeah he, want, he wants to be the Jedi that frees all the slaves. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's what he, he wants. wants. To, he wants to yeah. be like Qui-Gon. Right. It, yeah. it, he talked about, you know, he talks about with Padme where, you know, we need a system where the politicians sit down, discuss the problem, and then do it. You know, yeah. <laughs> like just, and then do it. Like, I, I think Anakin, it, it's intolerable to him that there's still slavery on Tatooine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how has nobody done anything to stop this? And then, of course, that comes up in Queen's Shadow that Padme has been working on that problem. But, you know, the problem is, is that people don't always agree, right? Well, they should yeah. be made to. Yeah, and they should just, yeah, just make them do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, the, you know, the brash words of a young man not schooled in politics. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. But, well, it's, you know, yeah, also his... dangerous sentiment when one is given power. So, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Where it's just, you know, he, it, 
does it matter that you know it that people don't agree if it means all the slaves are free you know like who cares that that people didn't agree with his actions as long as he freed all the slaves right you know so we see the seeds of that downfall you know justifying the means Mm -hmm. so yeah and I, I yep. do I do love that we're asking that question as well with it, you know, so early in the series, we're asking this question of what does it mean to share this galaxy with people when we don't always agree? You know, what what does that mean? Yeah. And is there a way to to move forward? Is it, you know, diplomacy? Is it aggressive negotiations? What what's the way to maintain balance? you know, with people that don't necessarily agree. Because I don't think balance is we always agree. I think balance no. is, is a lack of conflict, you know? Like, yeah, how do we how do we share this galaxy together? I don't know. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and something I think, like, kind of to, to continue mm-hmm. going off of that first idea of uh, what yeah. does it mean to be a Jedi, I think also Attack of the Clones is the story where the Jedi lose their way. They lose their sense of identity. Mm. Yes. And and when I say their sense of identity, I'm I'm talking about the council's understanding, right? Like the very beginning of that film, we get that line from Mace Windu that, you know, know, we're keepers of the peace, not soldiers. At the end of the film, they are soldiers, right? Like they literally abandon their sense of identity. Um, Mm -hmm. And also a quick shout out to that scene. Honestly, I think that might be my favorite Palpatine scene. In the entire Ooh. saga, oh, the the opening one, Ooh. yeah, of Attack of the Clones, okay. mainly because yeah. like it's like this how this is how powerful this dude is. He's sitting across from like the most powerful Jedi in the galaxy, and they don't have a mm-hmm. damn clue who he yeah. is. I just think like, yeah. damn, Palpatine is like that That's dude so is strong in the dark side. <laughs> like yeah. they can't see yeah. anything. <laughs> um, right, I love it, right. but um, but no, like in that, but in that moment, right, we get we get kind of the thesis statement of who Jedi are and right. What, what we learned that Jedi were in the original story, that they were guardians of peace. Um, that's even the title used for them in the opening crawl of Phantom Menace, right? That they are yeah, the guardians, guardians of, peace of peace and, and justice. Yeah. And, and by the end of this, lose, there is no peace and there is no justice and right. they are soldiers. Yeah. Yeah. They're so, at war. Yeah. Like, what does it mean to be a Jedi? Well, attack of the clones. I, I think they know, but they're failing. Mm-hmm. And this is where yeah. the downfall starts is because their sense of identity is being corrupted. Yeah. Um, and and then falling into and the then trap. To, to take this discussion forward into the saga, we get Luke starting to train to be a Jedi. And he's given ideas. He's given instruction on how to use the Force, on how a Jedi communes with the Force. But he's not given like a thesis of what it means to be a Jedi, really. You know, he sort of kind of understands it, and and he really excels in Return of the Jedi. But then he tries to come up with a concrete, this is what a Jedi is. And we see how that kind of slips from his fingers mm-hmm. and and has, you know, some negative implications moving forward into the sequel trilogy, you know, with what happens to Ben and everything. So, yeah. you know, the, the 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 question isn't fully answered. You know, it, it, there there's a, you know, there's an ans- the, there's a lead up to an answer. Um there's a there's definitely a way to walk with the force and a way to interact with the force um mm-hmm. that we learn in 
you know, a new hope empire and Jedi, but what does it mean to be a Jedi? What exactly are the Jedi? That isn't fully answered in the OT. And because yeah. Luke hasn't been able to create a satisfactory workable answer that will last, you know, for, for decades to come, mm-hmm. uh, it all falls apart on him. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. The, the question is still being asked. That's what I love. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and the, you know, now we have to wonder is, will it even get answered fully? Yeah. You know, in, mm-hmm. in the rise of Skywalker, maybe, maybe not, yeah. you know, I, I have to wonder if maybe the, the answer is just that Ray is able to move forward, you know, like maybe, maybe she doesn't arrive at the answer, but we see her just walking forward towards that answer, you know, mm. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Qui-Gon had a really good idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, right. Yeah. And Master Apprentice. And Master and Apprentice, and, and in the way he just operates and walks. But, mm-hmm. but you know, it's... You also have to think, you know, different times sometimes may call for different things. You know, yeah. uh, you yeah. know to, does this change now that we are, you know, beyond the Republic, beyond the Galactic Empire? Mm-hmm. You know, who knows? Yeah, Should exactly. it change with whatever the next regime ends up being, you know? That there I think people will be asking this question until the Jedi are nothing but a legend. Right. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, even then they'll ask the question, what is a Jedi? You know, <laughs> what was a Jedi? <laughs> yeah. And and you know, Attack of the Clones also does it does a good job of really fleshing out something that we we kind of are we kind of learn in Phantom Menace that well we're not, it's not insinuated it's told pretty boldly that the the Jedi are a very a prestigious order right they exist mm-hmm. on Coruscant they have this beautiful temple well so much of you know the late first act of Attack of the Clones is Obi-Wan just walking around different parts of the temple and talking mm-hmm. with different Jedi and there is this I don't know, like as I was watching it today, thinking about it, it's like there's just such a sense of complacency with everything among Ooh, the Jedi. Yeah. And there is just, I mean, like even Yoda points out that he realizes that they're becoming flawed because of this arrogance to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and even that scene in the beginning of the film, Jason, like that you indicated about, like when Kitty Mundy's like, oh, Dooku wouldn't do that. He was once a Jedi. You know, <laughs> there is, there is this, <laughs> this sense of like we know best, we know all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in that very scene, they're sitting across from the Sith Lord and don't have a clue. Uh-huh. Yeah, and and later we get Mace and Yoda talking, and Mace is like, "I think it's time to inform the Senate that our ability to use the Force is diminished." Right. And Yoda's like, mm, "Maybe not." Yeah, let's <laughs> keep that to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so you know that they, they are they are flawed and they are are failing in their duty, and because of that. Uh, they're failing in in their identity, which causes them to fail in their duty to connect these two topics again, which, of course, leads them to becoming generals in a war that brings down the Republic and their own order. Yeah. So they, you know, are pawns in their own destruction. Yeah. 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 It, it, you know, something else I think that's a big... 
uh, big point to bring up in the movie is the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan. Um, right. And, and we've touched on it already a bit in the sense of how they have, I think they have very different understandings of what it means to be a Jedi. Yes. Um, yeah. I think, you know, it, it's really interesting if, you know, if you watch last Jedi in that, that moment when, when Luke says to Ray, like it was a, you know, it was a Jedi master who was responsible for the training and creation of Darth Vader. Like there's almost like a bit of disdain. You think about it. Like if you look back mm-hmm. at Luke's relationship with Obi-Wan and the entire originals, he's, He's always got this sense of reverence and respect for him, but here it's almost like one of disdain. Um, and, yeah, and I don't. It, I wonder if that's because of the end of the Empire Strikes Back. You know, Ben, why didn't you tell me? Sure. And then he talks to Ben, and Ben's all like, "Yeah, well, from a certain point of view, I think right. that was kind of the wake up call for Luke, being like, maybe you're not so great." <laughs> yeah, but it seems like Luke kind of repeats that mistake. Mm, yeah, right. yeah. which to- could be where his um, his bitterness comes from because he's like, God, you know, I should have learned this happened to Obi Wan. I should have known, you know, right? You know, Obi Wan, why didn't why wasn't this more emphasized? You know, why why yeah. couldn't you have right? You why, know, why why did Leia Hubris. and I choose not to yeah. tell Ben the truth of his his lineage? Ooh, that too. Like, but like, yeah, yeah. The word that Luke chooses to use is, is hubris. You know, hypocrisy, right. hubris, failure. You know, that's yeah. that was the legacy of the Jedi to Luke. You know, that's you know when he does make that own mistake with with Ben Solo. You know, bringing a lightsaber into his nephew's room in the middle of the night. Yeah. You know, yeah, and then Luke looks back on the mistakes that Obi Wan made with Anakin. You know that. Uh, all the mistakes that the, that the Jedi made that led to Darth Vader and the rise of Darth Sidious. And he just goes, wow, these people were so arrogant. You know, they had so much hubris that they yeah. knew best. Right. That it just all came to ruin. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, I, and I think so, like, uh, t- going back to, like, this relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin, um, you know, I think Obi-Wan ultimately – he fails Anakin in a lot of ways in this movie. Yeah. Um, and this isn't the like hate on Obi-Wan. I love Obi-Wan. But I think Obi-Wan also – I mean Obi-Wan in his, to his credit and to his sympathy uh, has a huge task before him to train the chosen one, right? Like he takes on that task right after being knighted himself. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the, a scene that has continues to stick out with me, especially in light of the Clone Wars TV series – is that mm. moment when Anakin's on a balcony, huh, balconies, confesses, you know, about his, you know, how much he'd rather be dreaming about Padme. And, mm-hmm. and Obi-Wan is just so quick to say, be careful of your feelings. They betray you. This is a moment, right, where now, to be fair, I don't think George Lucas had this story in mind when he wrote Attack of the Clones. But, mm-hmm. you know, looking at it canonically, Obi-Wan had a relationship with someone. Right, like it certainly probably only went to a certain point, um, but Obi Wan had that relationship with Satine that he's still choosing not to tell Anakin about, which I think is really doing their relationship a disservice. Right, even even though Anakin is his Padawan, um, I think you know, like he's also been his Padawan for a decade at this point. Um, they, he should have a deeper respect for him. And I think the way, even like the way you relate to somebody who's even 
um, like, I, like I've been a teacher, I, I've been an, an advisor for students. Of you can still maintain that relationship and share something about yourself, and I think that yeah. can only strengthen the relationship. So Obi Wan's still choosing to keep these things from Anakin, and you know, relate to him in that way. I think does such a disservice to their relationship, and um, you know, rather than. Anakin voicing that opinion, like, oh, I, you know, being around her is intoxicating. He almost like shames him for it, right? Like, oh, well, you've made yeah. a commitment. Ah, ah, ah. Don't. Yeah. Ah, ah, ah. You didn't say the magic word. Ah, ah, ah. Oh, <laughs> Jurassic Park. Um, you know, but uh, he, he kind of like there's there's a sense of shaming in that moment rather than like these are natural feelings. And to be fair, like empathy. Yeah. yeah right. Like, um. You know, as Jedi, we we make this commitment and here's why. And I get it. Like, I've been there, but here's why I chose this, you know, mm-hmm. rather than just like, nope, that's against the rules. Right. Like, yeah, that means nothing. It, it doesn't it doesn't invite Anakin to to explore or introspect about his own feelings at all. It just shuts him down. Yep. You know, Anakin's looking for that validation and reassurance. And Obi-Wan gives him none. Just just invalidates it right out the gate, you know? And I mean, it, it sucks because, you know, watching this journey for Anakin is almost watching, you know, like the Titanic movie where, you know, like the ship has to sink and for the ship to sink, there has to be an iceberg, you know? Right. So like, yeah. you know, Obi-Wan can't be compassionate to him in this moment for there to be this catastrophe at the end, but it's still like it, that's still really hard to watch, you know, it, it's, um, because you you see how it could have been avoided. At least we see it with the benefit of hindsight. We see like, oh man, right. Obi Wan, if you just opened up to Anakin, if you, you know, been like, okay, you have these feelings for Padme. What does that mean to you? Yeah. What do you want to do about it? You know, that would have ah, that would have meant all the difference, I think. Right, and yeah. that's well, you know, and, and this is um, a point I've made on and, and, and previous shows. And again, this is just mm-hmm. this is my head cannon. It could be total BS. Um, but my thought is when Obi-Wan starts to have those feelings for Satine and right. kind of oh, – and Qui-Gon becomes aware of it. I feel like that's where Qui-Gon would have been is like, what do you want to do with this? Right? Like yeah. – um, and it's even hinted in Master and Apprentice that Qui-Gon at one point had you know feelings for, for a companion um, yeah. and, and chose not to follow through on it. Um, right? Like I feel like Qui-Gon would have reflected back to Obi-Wan like, well, what do you want to do with this? Giving him the freedom mm-hmm. to make that choice. Mm-hmm. And and again, if you think about it, if Qui-Gon had been Anakin's master, if Anakin yeah. had those feelings, I think Qui-Gon, like you said, Katie, would have int- you know invited him to make that introspection of, well, what do you want to do with these? Um, yeah. and, and how does this relate to being a Jedi? You know, can they, right. can they exist together? And, you know, that's also a very interesting question because if you, know, you think about the Legends canon, right? Like when, right. when Luke makes his Jedi Academy and, and gets rid of um, well, to be fair, up until the prequels, Star Wars stories, even in Legends, indicated that that Jedi had wives and, and spouses and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Children. Yeah. Um, like, did you ever see that letter that like a 10 year old wrote to George Lucas and got it? Oh, did you guys ever you know what I'm talking about? I don't think so. Oh, there's like this 10 year old and I want to say it was a 10 year old girl, but maybe I'm projecting wrote to George Lucas saying, I don't think it's fair that Jedi can't fall in love and get married. That's really, that sucks. (laughs) And George Lucas wrote back, if you can find someone that you can love selflessly, you can absolutely get married. 
and be a Jedi. And I was just like, that's <laughs> it, fam. That's it. <laughs> you just have to love selflessly, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Um, <laughs> but right. That's like, awesome. So, like, yeah. in Legends, Luke, like, obviously gets rid of that dictate. Like, that, that Jedi can obviously right. have, have spouses and, and families. Um, but... Yeah, it's it's so interesting that, um, you know, these impositions they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- is that what it means to be a Jedi? Right? Like, is that a, is that a staple? You know, I, I man, I, I've forever. I think this is probably my favorite line about what is a Jedi, and it comes mm-hmm. from the episode "The Gathering" in Clone Wars when Yoda says, "A Jedi is the Force made visible." To me, like that is it. That's the answer. What is a Jedi? That's simply it. Everything else are the details, and details can always be changed. But yeah. the Jedi we meet, and again, an attack of the clones is they have this very rigid way of doing things. Um, and then you get someone like Anakin, right? Like we talked last month about the fact that Anakin's this virgins in the Force. He's this chosen one, and. Anakin also knows that, you know, that that scene when he's complaining to Padme in her apartment before they're, you know, as she's packing and they're getting ready to leave Coruscant, mm-hmm. you know, and he's playing with that little ball. Oh, it's a great little moment. <laughs> yeah, I love um, that. Scene. I love that little moment. <laughs> and and like um and what's so interesting is that's the exact same place in Revenge of the Sith where he's going to complain to her about, you know, I'm a Jedi but I'm not the Jedi I'm supposed to be. I want more, right? Like even in this moment, a few years before in Attack of the Clones, Anakin feels that tension of knowing he's the chosen one and yet feels so boxed in. I'm ready for the trials. I feel like Obi-Wan, they don't get it. They're holding me back, right? Like that's the tension that Anakin feels while being told he's the chosen one, but being forced into this square peg when he's a circle. <laughs> oh, my know? gosh. Yeah. That's well, what we and- see with Ben Solo. I'm sorry, but that's what we see with Ben Solo, just being dragged down by the weight of his legacy, that mm. mighty Skywalker blood, you know, heir apparent to Darth Vader, you mm. know, just being crammed into this peg, and he doesn't know how to fit and how to define himself. And uh, I have a lot of feelings about Ben Solo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Really? I yeah. didn't know that. No, I know. Um, I usually I keep it on the down low. I'm really chill about it. But yeah, you guys, that's my truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, to get back to the beginning of this topic, you know, the, the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan, I, you know, Obi-Wan is the model Jedi. You know, he's right. the one who follows the code. He listens to the council. You know, he is the model Jedi. He yeah. is the one that you're walking down the hallway and your master turns to you and say, you want to see what a Jedi looks like? It's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Right. And, and Anakin has to deal with that because Anakin is not your traditional Jedi. Right. You know, number one, he came into the order much later than normal. You know, he was much older than most kids when they joined the Jedi order. Number two, uh, chosen one. Let's just, you know, throw that out there. Number three, <laughs> you know, because of his late entry, he's got these connections to people, these deep, heartfelt, emotional connections to people. You know, his mother, Padme, Qui-Gon, you know, and and he wasn't raised to, you know, to be able to 
disassociate, I suppose, is maybe maybe not the right word, but that's mm. the word that's coming to mind. Uh, <laughs> to, 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 to disconnect from the emotional um, aspect of that. Um, and so that's very difficult for him. Even, you know, I'm sure that would be difficult for him even if he had grown up in the Jedi Temple, you know, like a normal Jedi. Um, but because he's had this long, you know, period outside of that, and he's not a conventional, you know, uh, Jedi kind of, you know, candidate. Mm-hmm. I think he would have had that difficulty, regardless. Um, and, and of course, that leads him, you know, to to. Uh oh. And I think we might have lost him. Oh, there oh. we go. He's back. Oh, oh there I am. <laughs> am I, I cut out? I'm no, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. That's all right. Uh, a little hiccup. I don't know, know what's going on. Okay. Um, and, and because he is this unconventional Jedi candidate, and to go back to some of our earlier discussions, it causes him to question, you know, what does it mean to be a Jedi? It, and I, I think an unasked question that he has in the back of his head is, am I even supposed to be a Jedi? Oh, you know? okay. Yeah. And I feel like that kind of sits in the back of his head. He doesn't quite acknowledge it because, you know, he always wanted to be a Jedi. That was his dream as a kid, you know, want to be a Jedi and come back and free all the slaves. But now that he's in the middle of this, he's like, did I, is this the right choice? You know, I can't, yeah. I can't love Padme. You know, I I can't just on my own go back and free all the slaves. You know, I have to follow all these rules and regulations that I cannot stand. I got to live up to ooh, model Jedi Master Obi Wan. Um, <laughs> and and Obi Wan, you know, to be fair to him, got thrown into this master position probably before he was ready. You yeah. know, it doesn't excuse the fact that yes, he let Anakin down. Um, by not being able to to ask the questions and have the discussions and 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 you know do the the training that Anakin needed in order to you know uh, uh, still find his place, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Obi Wan, you know, said yes, I will train him on the dying wish of Qui Gon Jinn. Mm-hmm. You know. He was a Jedi Knight for two seconds before he had a Padawan. <laughs> um, you know, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, uh, I would say, probably a record. So, <laughs> 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 but yeah, so it, it and, and that relationship, as, as you know, we've said, really defines a lot of things that move forward because it's Obi Wan's relationship and that complicated relationship with Anakin. That leads him to not tell Luke, oh, yeah, Vader's your father, um, which makes Anakin, you know, Vader's reveal, uh, no, I am your father, that much more traumatic for Luke. Um, although, to be fair to Obi-Wan again, you know, <laughs> telling, you know, farm boy Luke in A New Hope, oh, yeah, by the way, that guy in the black armor, it's your dad, uh, probably not a good idea. So. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. So and, and and that that whole thing, and like you said, Katie, leads to the sequel trilogy and the legacy 
of the Skywalkers and the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan and how eventually they became so close and yet broke apart in such a violent, heart-rending, earth-shattering way is really what kind of defines a lot of our heroes moving forward. Yeah, and I think, you know... One of Anakin's you – know, the, the, the big trial for Anakin in this movie is dealing with what happens to his mother and mm-hmm. his inability yes. to prevent that. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, right, you know, it's this emotionally charged scene when he comes back after slaughtering the Tuscans. And we see what Anakin's capable of when what he cares about is taken away from him. And we see his deepest fear of – losing the things that he loves but he also makes a confession in those moments where I, I i think i'd actually push back a little bit to what you were saying earlier jason about um anakin being unsure of whether or not he's supposed to be a jedi i think in this moment he doesn't question it at all he wants to be the greatest jedi i will be the I most powerful approve. jedi okay. ever you know i promise you i will even learn to stop people from dying right anakin wants to be oh f- my gosh yeah <clears throat> anakin- oh no Anakin wants to be a force god, you know. Oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, yeah. That's, it, a good that, point. that's that Sidious's influence one hundred percent. Oh yeah. yeah. Which, well, like, where did Anakin start connecting the Jedi to to power? Mm-hmm. That well, was you put, Sidious. Yeah, yeah. You, you already brilliantly put that together, Katie. Like you pointed oh, that out. Well, well then, well then, why don't we move into oh. dear old Papa Palpatine here? Because yeah. uh, we 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 mentioned him last month with um, <laughs> with the Phantom Menace, um, and we'll probably mention him again uh, in some of our other discussions. But it, so much of the through line with, with this saga, you can trace back to Palpatine. Mm-hmm. And the reason why we even have a galactic empire to begin with is because Palpatine engineered this war to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the yep. this is the movie where everything is set up and the dominoes begin to fall. We hit the end with Re- with Revenge of the Sith. Re- Revenge of the Sith, you see everything fall into place for Palpatine. But this is where he is orchestrating and puppeteering and placing everything and tipping that first domino to just watch it all collapse in on itself for the next three years. There is so much that Palpatine does in this movie. I'm, I'm a surprised. I would be surprised if he slept at all this movie. <laughs> um, so, or ever. Uh, uh, right. Or ever. <laughs> you know, he might just be you know, a zombie. Um <laughs> Am I going out again? No, no. Fine. Yeah, you're fine. I'm just, I'm still reeling from Carl's galaxy brain moment where Anakin's like, I'm not, I wasn't strong enough. I'm sorry, mom. I wasn't strong. I'll learn how to stop people from dying. Oh my God. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But and, you're right. And, yeah, that's absolutely Palpatine's influence. And you're right. He's injured everything. And he has definitely gotten his claws into Anakin because Anakin's response to my mother just died is I wasn't strong enough. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't, you know, I'm not the most powerful Jedi again, you know? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And I can guarantee you that's not something Obi-Wan taught him. Um, Right. Oh my gosh. Definitely not. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and definitely Carl, not too because you blew my mind, Carl. I just. <laughs> Just a line from the movie, so thank you. It <laughs> um, uh. <laughs> wasn't even in that moment. Yeah, he's like, it's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's holding me back. You know? Right? So uh, so we even see the seeds of that resentment in their relationship. Um, mm-hmm. That somehow, yeah. you know, in a way, um, like we're going to see, specifically in Clone Wars, the TV series, but even in Revenge of the Sith, we see that Anakin's just furious with the Council. But I, th- mm. I would say in Attack of the Clones, his anger at the Jedi is kind of focused on Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan, like kind of to your point, Jason, Obi-Wan is this quintessential Jedi. So yes. all of his hangups about what the, the Jedi are preventing him from, that's all being fed to him through Obi-Wan, right? Like, um, and even Padme points that out. All mentors have a way of seeing more of our faults than we'd like. You know, that's Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan is the Jedi, for yes. Anakin, right? And yes. when he's doing those disservices to Anakin, when he's just feeding him the uh, the everyday rhetoric of the council, mm-hmm. um, it's it's actually creating right from the beginning of their relationship um, a split, you know. And um, the the dogmas and and rules of the Jedi is what's causing all that. Yeah. Um. And then, of course, to your point all again, Jason, <laughs> it's certain that 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 tension and that f- those little flames of resentment are being they're being fanned by Palpatine. Oh, 100 percent. You know, he, he's uh, Anakin, you know, lashes out and and many of his complaints uh, probably could have been, you know, resolved were it not yeah. for Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Right, but of course, Palpatine is watching his career with great interest. <laughs> um, the dark side uh, clouds everything. Oh, uh, especially the innocence of the young. Oh uh, no! Actually, <laughs> really quick, I'm glad you and you you said the word innocence, which is a theme that you know we've talked about and, and love so much about Phantom Menace. There is the beginning of Attack of the Clones still is kind of treading in that innocent water um specifically the the moment between anakin and obi-wan as they're taking the elevator ride up to padme's apartment and there's there is that witty (laughs) banter between the two of them um and then jar jar that nightmare master and i (laughs) rescued you remember oh yes oh yes Um, but then they're greeted at the door by the ever so innocent jar jar we get we hear anakin's <laughs> you know, we get we get the we get a few statements of Anakin's theme, which is really the only time we hear it in the movie. So that mm. sense of innocence still kind of exists here, but we see what starts to break it down, right? Like Anakin sees himself as something so much more. You'll always be that little boy I knew on Tatooine. Slam. Mm-hmm. And then we're gonna try to <laughs> we're gonna find who's trying to kill you, Padme. We will not exceed you know our mandates. Mm-hmm. Slam, right? Like, yeah. Um, you know, there is, yeah. Like, thinking about, you know, in, in Empire Strikes Back, the way that Yoda trains Luke. There's never rules. There's never dogma. It's just about opening him to the Force. That's right. also what Luke kind of shows to Rey in that first lesson in Last Jedi. But here in Attack of the Clones, we're being reminded that being trained to be a Jedi. 
is also this indoctrination in the dogma of of a of an order. Mm. So right, you know, um, yeah, you know, it, to to go to Luke's point in Last Jedi, you know, like, you know, if the, you know, the light doesn't need the Jedi, you know, to think that it that the light needs the Jedi is vanity. Can you feel that? Um, I think the reality mm. is is. Um, the Jedi doesn't need an order. That's the reality. Um, yeah. So, or at least not something as as bureaucratic and wound into the fabric of the ruling body uh, as it is at this point. So, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, I want to. I want to skip back to, to dear old Palps for a second. <laughs> um, because you know, it, it, obviously the the influence he has on Anakin is very heavy here um, in Attack of the Clones, but of course, you know, the influence that he has on the Jedi, the influence he has on the conflict that's you know brewing and and breaks out by the end of this. That this this is this is what leads to so much going wrong for the galaxy and what lets him rise as emperor and what leaves us with the galactic empire that spawns the first order that, that this if if this doesn't go the way he wants it to we have a totally different saga oh yeah yeah um, if padme succeeds in in this vote you yes. know, and they don't form that army. You know, like the, the Geonos, not Geonos, and sorry, the Camoans, Camineons are literally like, here's an army. You bought and paid for it. And the Republic goes, great. We're not going to use it, though. <laughs> like, that's that's fine. We don't want it. Refund. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> Palpatine's plans just fall apart. Like, and I absolutely think that's what's going to be resolved in episode nine. You know what I mean? We have Finn, right? This stormtrooper who decided to walk away. What happened if, what would happen if every single stormtrooper decided to walk away? Mm. Just decided to lay down arms. You know what I mean? We look at Finn and and I think he's going to be a catalyst for like so much more because the first order can't fight without this army. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, and it's, that's just really interesting to me that, you know, in the prequel trilogy, in step number two, we have, like, here are these soldiers that are bought and paid for, and they know no other life, and it's the Republic that goes, yeah, okay, then we'll use them. They're an asset, we'll use them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And if at any point they had been like, no, we're not going to form an army, we're not going to fight in that way, everything, everything's different. Yeah. Yeah. Palpat- yeah. Unfortunately, Palpatine's got everybody wound just right and pulls mm-hmm. enough strings and fires they off think- enough triggers that, you yeah. know, is there really an option? No. Is there <laughs> the uh, appearance of one? Yes. Um, but unfortunately, Palpatine's been playing this too long and has too many things in place to allow that to happen. Yeah. And Padme is that last voice of of sanity of that last voice of, 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 yeah. you know, wait, you know, mm-hmm. 
So. Gosh, yeah, we see that with King Jamila as well when she says, um, "the the moment we stop believing democracy can work is the day we lose it," and that's what we see happen across the prequel trilogy: is these people, gen- you know, gradually lose their faith in democracy, and then they they lose it. They they that's create an emperor. See. That's yeah. what we see at the end of this movie as mm-hmm. Palpatine and the senators are looking over the army, and. Bail Organa has his moment, you know, right. where he he punches the the guardrail there, and it's like yeah. it, it's, we lost it, you yeah. know. And Padme, of course, echoes that in Revenge of the Sith when the you know mm-hmm. the Empire is officially formed. So, um, speaking of Padme, I do want to bring up, you know, the fact that Anakin and Padme get married. Da, 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 uh, I'm never not going to do that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of a that's kind of a big deal moving forward yeah. in our saga. You know, it, right. the, the, the relationship. You know, and and the ulti- ultimately, you know, with them getting married, is, is a big part of this movie. Um, and whether or not you think it's it's you know pulled off as well as it should be is a discussion for another episode. Um, but. The fact that that we do have this relationship, that we do have this Jedi and the Senator who have this secret marriage, you know, mm-hmm. is so key to so many things mm-hmm. moving forward. You know, uh, obviously we get Luke and Leia from it, but it is that relationship that Palpatine plays off of mm-hmm. in Revenge of the Sith to ultimately turn Anakin. You know, yeah. it, it is you, you know, the the ultimate um, fruit of this relationship is good. Right. Yeah, it's our, but, but yeah. It, it gets twisted at one point for bad. Anakin gets, yeah, his yeah. feelings get twisted. Yep. And yeah, goodness gracious. I, I've said before that I feel like this wedding at the end of Attack of the Clones is our is our clue that everything's going to be all right. You know, where everything looks hopeless, that the Republic has formed this army, that the shroud of the dark side has fallen, and how are we going to escape from it? It's like, oh, this is how love, you know, mm-hmm. love endures, um, and and I think again that's another theme that's going to be coming up. <laughs> In our sequel trilogy, you know what? What's the answer when the shroud of the dark side falls? You know, how do we get out of it? Oh, right, by loving each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, and that's the truth of uh, mm-hmm. you know of the original story too, right? Right. What, right. what saves the day is love. Mm-hmm. Um, and but that's such a I, I love the way you put it though, Katie, because like that closing montage of you know the mm-hmm. the three the three supreme jedi talking and mace right. and obi-wan agreeing that they had a victory but yoda points out the truth this is not a victory and then we see mm-hmm. the result of what everything that happened on geonosis results in it's the start of this clone war mm-hmm. um but oh, man, i i i had never heard that notion as you put it katie and i just love it so much <laughs> um <laughs> the reality that you know so then it closes with well what's the answer well it's going to be this relationship and i yeah. think in a way I mean, in a, in a way, it is. Um, right, Maybe right. not in as clean a way as we would have hoped or would have wanted, um, but their love is what ultimately undoes everything that Palpatine creates. Exactly, um, yeah. 
so whatever the shadow of Palpatine is that still exists by the time we get to nine, mm-hmm. the love that exists between our new heroes is what's going to once again snuff snuff his darkness out. Um, yeah. And yeah, you know, I mean, this is part two here, right? Where we're only into part two of this saga and <laughs> the most basic and natural part of being a person is to fall in love and mm-hmm. somebody's being told they can't do it. And what do they do? They say, F that I'm doing it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to um, do it anyway. <laughs> because this is right. And you know, because have you seen Natalie Portman? Yeah. <laughs> and, have, and have you seen Hayden Christensen? Hey, oh, hey, oh. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hi. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, like as you put it, Jason, right. It just, it gets twisted. Anakin's, um, all of Anakin's fears from this movie regarding his mother are now just going to be transferred onto Padme. Um, right. And, uh, you know, yeah, you know, when I just think in a very broad way, what this movie ultimately shows to us is the corruption and the the deception of Palpatine and how that's slowly eating away at the goodness of everything, of all that innocence that existed in episode one. Yes. And it's doing it in that, that big um, galaxy-spanning way in the way that he manipulates the Senate to getting the emergency powders and starting a war. But then it's also in that very personal way in the way he is, as you put it, Katie, so beautifully, the way he's corrupted Anakin to thinking that power is the heart of being a good Jedi. Right. Um, and, you know, and we're going to see when we talk about Revenge of the Sith next month, right, like that beautiful moment when he says, you know, love won't save you, Padme. Only my new powers can do that. Right. Um, oh. you know, and, and this is the movie that gets us there. That, yes. that, that that's the building blocks for all of that is that Anakin the, the chosen one that the force has risen up to counter the darkness that Palpatine is putting into place is also being molded in the confusion of that darkness's shadow and I don't think the force anticipated that um, and the Jedi fail the force is chosen one. Um, and that's really, you know, what it comes down to. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just want to make one last point on, on innocence. Um, because the Phantom Menace was so innocent. And this is where we really see, as you said, Carl, the corruption of innocence and the, the slow death of innocence really starts here. You know, in the galaxy at large, obviously specifically in Anakin, but in the galaxy at large, as as evidenced by Jar Jar, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, I've said this before. I'll say yeah. it again. Jar Jar is sort of the canary in the coal mine as far as the innocence is, is concerned and because he gets manipulated um, in to to serve Palpatine's ends uh, because of his concern for. His friends, you know, for Padme and Anakin and Obi-Wan, you know, he, he and he wants to do the right thing so desperately. Um, and it's only born out of out of innocence that he that, 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 that's, that's his entire motivation is, is to do good and to help people. Um, and unfortunately, Palpatine and Masameda uh, 
find that easily manipulated. And they do that. We get the emergency powers and the clone army. The war starts. And, you know, Jar Jar does next to nothing in episode three. You know, it, it, it is one of those things where where that dies very quickly, in a sense. And Jar Jar, I'm sure, comes to regret what oh, he did. certainly, yeah. Um, but as we move through the saga, we get to see the beginnings of a rebirth of innocence, you know, partly with Luke and definitely with Rey um, as we move into the sequel trilogy. Uh, because she is a very innocent character and a very good character. Um, and obviously we've got other innocent characters too, like Rose. Um, but, um, but this is really something where, where that theme, that pendulum, we swing from almost complete innocence in the Phantom Menace. And that pendulum has swung down to none. You know, by the time we get to mm. Revenge of the Sith, and it's sort of coming back around again in the sequel trilogy, and we'll we'll see how how much of that we get. So, yeah. Um, any any other thoughts from you, Katie? No, this has been a really good talk. I yeah. I really love Attack of the Clones. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's good. I liked looking at it from this lens as, you know, part of the larger saga. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, uh, I'm so glad we got to talk about Attack of the Clones in this light because this is. Yeah. Man. <laughs> Jason's internet loves to, to flake out tonight, apparently, everyone. Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we'll be back in a second. Um, but no, I'm with you, Katie. It's it's really fun to look at the films in kind of this grander way and, and how they really kind of start to all fit together. Right. Um, Exactly. I really do feel like the sequel trilogy is culminating the saga in a way it it wasn't quite complete with just six films. You know what I mean? With six films, it, it was a whole story. You could theoretically put it on a shelf, close the book, put it on a shelf and be done with it. But I feel like the sequel trilogy has really strengthened what was already there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, well, Jason just confirmed with us uh, that his, uh, his computer just chose to quit on him. So Whoops. we're going to wrap this up without him, unfortunately, but that's fine. Yeah, um, that's all right. You know, and uh, obviously, like, we're going to continue this conversation next month when we dive into Revenge of the Sith. And yes. the, that that's obviously got some big implications for our Skywalker saga. Mm-hmm. Um, but before we go, we want to do a somewhat Attack, uh, attack of the Clones-themed matchup. Um, so... Uh, yeah, uh, Katie, do you want to share what the matchup is for next Sure. Week? I'm actually really excited for this matchup. It's, we're taking uh, specifically Attack of the Clones Anakin versus Empire Strikes Back Luke. Father versus son. Let's do it. I, I'm, I'm really excited. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm pumped for it. Yeah, because they're both, you know, training. They're both on that verge of being, you know, a, a real Jedi like ooh yeah. ooh I got like chills. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Yeah, definitely uh, be sure to continue playing along with, with our matchups and polls like you did last week for Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, share your thoughts on who's going to win that epic uh, middle chapter Skywalker battle showdown of, of Attack of the Clones Anakin and Empire Strikes Back Luke. Um, and you can do that on our Twitter at Wampas Lair um, or over on Facebook at Wampas Lair Podcast. You can always email us at Wampas Lair Podcast at gmail.com. And Katie, how can folks stay in touch with you and all your musings on the interwebs? <laughs> you guys can find me on Twitter at Pohot Damron. I also wanted to say that I was a guest host on What the Force podcast, uh, specifically doing an episode all about the dark side with, uh, with Marie Claire Gold. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, it was just me and her talking about the dark side and we got into it and it's it's fun it's funny we both pick dark side personas it it's a really good episode and definitely worth your time if you guys want to check that out can't wait to get to it yeah it's it's next it's it's, it's on the docket so i can't wait to check it out too um (laughs) well uh uh, yeah that's gonna that's gonna do it for this episode of the wampas lair podcast this has been episode 337 the one where the clones attack for jason and katie I am Carl, and we will see you next time here in the Wampas Lair. <laughs>